at the best of Saturday's racing from around the country and examining the big talking points of the day. This is Pass the Post. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining us on Pass the Post. We passed the post yesterday in two states with Group 1 Racing, of course, Dooman 10,000 day at Dooman and Goodwood Handicap Day at Morpherville, the Adelaide Carnival, drawing to a close, but the Brisbane Carnival just hitting new heights. Nathan Exley and I were at Dooman yesterday. Nathan, I've got to say, uh, we haven't experienced that sort of day for two years. Mm. We didn't have it last year with patron-free racing and a, uh, a slimmed-down carnival because of COVID, but i tell you what, one thing yesterday, the crowd was there, the horses were there, the jockeys were there, the trainers were there. But one thing is, makes it magical, the weather. It was a, magic, it was a great day, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a really good vibe out there, wasn't there, Terrific. David? Um, you had a good vantage point from where you were. But it just uh, felt like the atmosphere was there. People were having a good time and um, the racing matched it. We're going to concentrate on the two group ones first up. We'll, we'll uh, dissect the 10,000, then we'll look at the Goodwood. And then we'll get right into the meeting at Dooman yesterday. A lot of uh, key races as we go forward in Stradbroke season. We've got four big Saturdays coming up. Cup Day, Dooman Cup Day next Saturday. Then, of course, the Derby Day, Oaks Day, and then Stradbroke Day. So it's all ahead of us. So a lot to discuss from yesterday. But to the Group 1 first. And let's go to the Tab Dooman 10,000. And uh, you'd have to be living under a rock not to know that Eduardo was the favourite. $1.70. Eduardo flattens for home in front. 300 left to run. He hasn't released the brakes as yet. Splintex tries to come after him. Gamely. Graf gone. Tricking runs on. Then Vega won a wild ruler. Eduardo's in front. It's going to be no good thing here. Tricking's running on Gamely. Eduardo's still a leader. He's flat out. Tricking can't reach him as yet. Eduardo hanging on. Hanging on. Eduardo won. Wild Planet jumped out of the ground. Got second. Photo third. Tricking or Vega won. The Herovia not far away. Splintex couldn't Come on, then Kingswell Dream, Panino, Wild Ruler, knocking up. Then came Graf and Embrace Me, last over the line in one ten seventy one. So in your call there, that you could tell in your voice, you thought he was uh, under real siege. I felt that um, it was a case of there were going to be two scenarios. When you go into these races, particularly big ones, you, you, you'd you like to try and map a planet in your head. So there were two scenarios. Either he was going to lead all the way and win easily, and so that was an expected result, so you can throw all your facts and figures in, or he was going to get run down, and I don't know, wasn't certain who would run him down. But you know what? Scenario three happened. Mm. They got to the 100 metres, and I said, he's not getting away from them. That was plain for everyone to see, and I thought trekking was going to be the one. Yes. Then as soon as he didn't, as soon as he didn't uh, uh, live up to it and, and his run ended, honestly, and I'm sure Joe Pride would say the same thing, and all of those Eduardo punters out there, that last 50 metres was slow motion. It was, yes. They, it was just like they were grinding away to the line. They were never going to catch him, but it was always going to be reasonably close. And it changed complexion behind him, didn't it? Sort of Wild Planet came from nowhere to, to grab second. As you said, Trekking just peaked on his run again, so... I wouldn't give up him on him from a Kingsford Smith point of view, but uh, Wild Planet, the Herovian, and then Vega One, I thought all turned in terrific straight-break trials there. Eduardo, of course, uh, goes for a spell now. Uh, we'll try to get hold of Joe Pry, but uh, he might be in transit, I believe. But uh, I'm sure he'd be uh, feel fulfilled from a training point of view because this wasn't 
always on the on no. the on the agenda that they're doing ten thousand. He elected to to go, and he knew this was when Nature Strip was in the race. Yes, uh, so it was a, a change of, of plans. And you're not talking about a benchmark game down; it's a Group no. One. Nature Strip goes by the wayside. Then there's a lot of expectation on him because Eduardo is the centre of all attention, betting attention, media hype. He runs a dollar seventy in a Doom in ten thousand. That is the shortest price favourite in ten thousand history. And then I'm sure he may have felt that same way. I know there was probably a million things running through his yeah. head at the hundred metres, but he thought, oh, "What's happened here?" But in the end, job job done. Pull up yeah. stumps. And Nashville will have said he felt it was done more on heart yesterday than his brilliance. Yeah. And I, I think, too, that, um, you know, they were coming left, right and centre, but he dug deep and the best horse won the race, the class horse won the race, and he didn't win by the margin we expected because, as Nashville said, he was quite frank. He said he's at the end of a, a mm. tough preparation. I mean, remember some of those runs, you know, in Sydney. You the know. record over the 1,000 oh, when, you, when you're racing against Nature Strip. Mm. While Planner, will he go to the Stradbroke? Yes, he definitely will. They just haven't determined yet whether he'd go to the Kingsford Smith before then. Uh, the Horovian, we know, just goes straight into the Stradbroke now, four weeks between runs. So, just want to say something about him, that the Horovian. Uh, great that he, mm. he raced well. But we were actually talking about this yesterday after the last race, and... No greater fan. I, I got a lot of uh, excitement calling him in that Cairns Amateurs Cup when he got all those bonuses. You know, yeah. it was a big story. And I thought, well, he'll make the grade in southeast Queensland, and he did. But even when he came here, I, I've kept saying about the last three or four runs, not today, mm. not today. Mm. And every time he exceeds my expectation. Now, maybe I'm too hard a marker, but I'll tell you one thing. Never deny this horse anything because every time you you have a or there's a seed of doubt sowed in your mind, he just blows it out of the water. But there's a horse you're talking about winning a 2100 metre Cairns Amateurs Cup in a 1200 metre weight for age Group One race, uh, only a length away. It's uh, he's quite a remarkable story that horse. Certainly is, and 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 also I think they may have found that the, he went to those staying mm. races because of probably lack of other any other opportunity. But basically, he might be a 1,400-miler. Yeah. Well, you'd think off that 1,400 metres in four weeks is just ideal for him. He'll need a new rider. That's a, that's unfortunate for, for mm. Brad Stewart because he gets on so well with him. But I'm sure they'll have no shortage of um, people wanting to put their hands up for him. Vega 1 shows that he's putting in. Uh, he's just that, 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 that length below at the moment of winning one of these races. But you know, come Stradbroke Day, you know... and particularly with a, with a good draw, he'll be uh, he'll be prominent. Yeah, and I guess that's a, possibly as a result of him having best part of a year off, that it's just taking a while to blow out those cobwebs. But certainly his last two, you'd have to say, very encouraging. Glenn Boss felt at the 200 yesterday that he was going to pick them up, and then, again, he just didn't quite see it out. So he's probably going to go to the Kingsford Smith. It's been a love-in so far, folks, with Nathan and I. <laughs> now we... Part company. Now the the fork in the road happens. Okay. Because you uh, and you alluded to this that you're giving trekking another chance in terms of the Kingsford Smith. You're not. I've got to say two strikes now, and and, and I've got to say this, and you know, with no disrespect to the horse, he's got a wonderful career. He's a Stradbroke winner. He loomed to win the victory, and he didn't go on. And I've got to say that was an identical performance yesterday. He got into a good spot. I, I thought mm. from the gate it could be a terrific spot. Could, could be sticky. He was what one out and two back, sixth one off. Yes, loomed after a, you know, a, and let's remember a good tempo, thirty four nine the first six hundred. He loomed, 
and he didn't run a place. That's twice he's done that now. Twice it's been on tracks that have got some moisture in them. Um, it was very wet that day at Ilga Farm in terms of the rain they had, and yesterday it was soft five, soft six, and Karen McAvoy said that he just felt he's just not at his best on, on that type of ground. So... Firm at track, Eagle Farm, Kingston Street. Though he's uh, $8. The stable mate, Sabatiano's favourite for that race at $5. But um, Should I listen to you and, and be No, you, you never have before, Should so I, I don't, don't you? want you to start now. I to think the... I will. I, I want to be kind to you this morning. And <laughs> you be I need kind some kid gloves this morning because it was a very rough day at the office. You book into the car. Or did you? No. <laughs> no, no. Are you GTT you got, you, and, and Eduardo. <laughs> but look, just... Um, We've discussed the first five across the line. Splintex, my place special, uh, didn't live up to those expectations. And he had his chance. He had the, the run I thought he'd have and he couldn't come on. And uh, Wild Ruler was disappointing. Yeah, just needs good tracks, obviously. Mm. Um, James McDonald said he was at him. You know, he knew he was in trouble from the 600. And he doesn't stretch out on that top of ground. Um, Jim Burns said Graf was very disappointing. Yeah, but, but why was he ridden that way? I'm not sure. I mean... Did he just race too fresh, David? I'm not sure. Oh, well, I've got to say, again, just you, you talk about race calling. Now, it's a yeah. 11-horse field. You know every horse in the race, and you know the colours. There's no there's no drama unless you you, you fall down. Well, I came out of the barrier. I said, what's this horse? Hmm. Like, because you're expecting Graf to be back with the cap catchers. But that's, from from what I can see, that's not the way to ride it. But anyway, that, that's, it is what it is. But... Eduardo's $15 for the Everest. You, you'd think, and unfortunately we can't have a chat with Joe, but you'd think that, that there'd be a slot there for him. Yeah, I asked him about this on Friday. He said, I oh, don't worry about those things. He said, the fact is, if the horse is in good enough form in the spring, he'll get a slot. Mm. Um, so, And you don't probably want to be going there if, you, if you're not going that well either. So um, you would think, though, if he comes back the way he, he did this preparation, he'll get a spot. Um Got to be remembered that he, he's rising up. It's only had 21 starts, mm. so mm. You know, he's obviously had issues. This time last year was really struggling. Um, mm. He lost form after sort of. I think he won a group two at his fifth start at Caulfield in the spring back in 19, and struggled through last year. And since Joe Pride got him, he's um, he's just gone to a new level. We'll come back to Dooman shortly because, as we said, there's a lot to discuss out of yesterday's 10,000 meeting. But let's now turn our attention to the Group One at Morfordville, the Goodwood Handicap. And on paper, this looked a race chock full of Adelaide chances. The one that won was one that probably least we, we least expected. They will for home. Sava 2XL took over from dollar for dollar. Camel passer, Bo Ross, a dirty work. Instant celebrities charged through nearer the rail. Behemoth well back then. Guitra wider out. Sava 2XL blasting along in the lead. Instant celebrities got a lift to reach him. Sava 2XL from Instant Celebrity. Then Guitra, but it's Vorster. Sava 2XL takes the Goodwood by two lengths to Instant Celebrity. And Guitra third. Prophet's thumb, Viradine, dirty work, Behemoth, Camel Passer, Pretty Brazen, Dollar for Dollar, and Bo Rossa. Sava to Excel, Baron Vorster riding for Tony McAvoy, a $19 chance. We've been talking about so many Adelaide hopefuls in the Goodwood, and here was one sitting right there and uh, blew out some of the more fancied runners. Tony McAvoy's been kind enough to join us this morning. Good to talk to Tony again, I'm sure he's delighted after yesterday's Group 1 victory. Tony, good morning. Yeah, hello, David. How are you? I'm well, and, and I'm sure you're in a good frame of mind. One thing about this horse, <laughs> there's, there's a lot, lot to talk about about Sava 2XL. I've been watching a bit of him uh, in Adelaide over the past, well, since he arrived, I think, September. Well, he, I think he raced the Ballet Cup last year. 
Yes. This horse has two things that I like. He's got speed, but he's got strength. I tell you what, if you get near him, it's hard to get past him. Yeah, he is a, he's very courageous. He's a tiger, and um, and uh, he's tough, you know. He had all those early days racing up in uh, Alice and Darwin, and, and you've got to be pretty tough to handle those conditions up there. And... Uh, and he was, uh, you know, he, he, like that was yesterday was like his 16th win or something, which very few horses do. <laughs> Tony, I read a story through the week about how this horse come to be with you and, and Will Savage, um, how you were very happy to get the horse off of him having known his background. Have, have you had much to do with him previously? Savage uh, 2XL? Uh, Will. Will's, oh, Will? No, yeah. no, I haven't. Uh, uh, I've met, um, I knew of Will, and uh, I, I rode in uh, uh, many, many moons ago. I rode in Alice Springs uh, and uh, the Northern Territory for a while back in the 70s, and and we crossed paths then, but didn't really know Will that well. And um, But, uh, uh, you know, since I've met Will and talked to him, he's a very knowledgeable uh, horseman, and... Uh, and uh, knew his horse very, very well. This is an intriguing story about this horse because here's a horse arriving in your stable from, uh, from you know, Alice Springs, the Northern Territory, with a very, very good record. What were your expectations of this horse? Well, uh, David, you know, when, when the horse was offered to me, the first thing you do, of course, is you look them up and go through their form and... And and I think the, the question I had for the ownership group, knowing the costs of it all, is, you know, did they think the horse could measure up down here? Because um, how do you line that form up, of course? It's exactly. just uh, almost impossible. So his, his one run in form that meant a bit, little bit more to me was in the Fred Best mm. up in Queensland, and he ran sort of only fairly that day. And... and um, so and they they ensured me that the horse has got a lot more to come. He's still maturing, and the one thing Will Savage said to me he said, "Look, this horse hasn't arrived yet. He's he's still got lots to come." And how true uh, how true that's turned out to be. Tony, he is nominated for the Stradbroke. Is that a race you look at now? Look, I said to the guys leading into the Goodwood, uh, I said, "Here we are, first time at the elite level." Uh, we've we run into a very strong race and uh, I honestly said to him, I said, look, we probably can't win, uh, but if he runs a personal best, he can run probably top four in the race, you know? Mm-hmm. And and then to come out and do what he did just uh, changed the landscape for me. Like, that was... Uh, all those other horses looked to me to have their chance. Mm. Uh, there didn't look to be any real hard luck stories and... Uh, and uh, for him to do what he did, said to me that he should have a ticket to come up and run in your Kingsford Smith Cup and uh, and probably look at the Stradbroke. 1,400 metres um, query for me. Uh, I think he's a very good sprinter. But the 1,300 of the Kingsford, Kingsford Smith, I think, is right within his grasp. And the good point about yesterday is, and, and we probably lose sight of this, that uh, he won fairly and squarely. I agree with you totally. I watched the race a few times, and uh, uh, yes, he, he got the, the, the run-up on the inside, but he beat them comprehensively. And what you've got to take out of that one is these horses, Gitra, Behemoth, uh, the like, I mean, they, they, they perform well in Australia at Group 1 level. So he's beat them and beat them fairly and squarely. You've got to take a lot of heart out of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Our concern was, like, I thought he'd lead. 
Uh, and he didn't quite have the speed to lead uh, in that race, um, but sat close. And our concern was he, he hugs the rail, this horse. He always lays to the rail. Mm. And if he's not on the rail, he always lays in. So the concern was no one wanted to be on the rail. Uh, the pattern of the day was they were coming off. And uh, Baron had walked the track and he said, look, I don't know that there's much in it. And the beautiful thing was no one had touched it all day, really. Mm. And so we decided not to fight the horse, go to the fence and, and trust the horse. And and so probably it's fair to say that the ground was inferior where he was uh, as well. That's another point certainly worth taking into consideration. Of course, you won the Goodwood with Dispatch in 2019 and that ended up um, uh, a disappointing story with the Stradbroke because he never really got clear, did he? No, that's right. That's right. We didn't have much luck with him and then he broke down, sadly. And uh, so he's had some knee surgery, that old fella, and he's uh, on a comeback trail uh, to try and get him back. But, but uh, yeah, I'm due a bit of luck up there. Dollar for dollar got beaten nost- nostril in the Doombin 10,000 um, a couple of years ago as well. So so uh, hopefully this fella can turn our fortunes. Anything else coming up here over the next month or so? Look, I think I'll bring uh, Shop Till I Drop, a little mare that mm. ran uh, about fifth yesterday. Uh, ran ran fair yesterday, just got too far back. Uh, I thought I might bring her up for uh, a couple of um, uh, races and pretty brazen. Um, she got out, outpaced yesterday, um, but 1,400 metres is her trip and I thought I might bring her up for the Tats Tiara. Fair enough. And one final question. I, I follow South Australian racing closely and over the last probably year or so, I've noticed some improvement in the health of South Australian racing and I've always been careful to say only small steps, not big steps, but small steps are steps nevertheless in the right direction. There seems to be a better vibe there at the moment than you know what was in previous years. Now, you're a man who can certainly you know, make a comment on that one way or the other. Yeah, no, David, I think you've read it very well. I've, I've been pretty buoyant about um, the decision-making processes mm. of the new board of Racing SA, uh, I, I think uh, they've been really conservative and, like you say, taking small steps, ensuring that we don't get it wrong. And they've got some really good uh, policies in place to grow our... We need more horses here in South Australia. We need, we've need. we got to get our field sizes up and they're, and they're really working hard to get that done, trying to get people to encourage them to come to South Australia. And... Um, and, uh, you know, to me, it's an ideal place for these young trainers trying to get a foothold. Mm. Um, they could come down here, uh, bring their horses, bring their owners. Uh, it's a lot easier than Melbourne and Sydney, I can assure you. And, and I think South Australia's on the up, and, and um, I'm uh, pretty, feeling pretty positive about the next few years here, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate those comments. I mean, it, it's never easy. I mean, South Australia is a state. Let's just forget racing and be broader. It's a state that, that, that you know, struggles getting money. And, and the other factor is, too, that whatever government's in control at state level... You know, there's not the the strongest of relationships, like whether it's the Coalition or Labor, they're not huge fans of racing. So, you know, the administration have got their work cut out, but I I agree with I think they're doing a good job, and uh, I think that's an an outstanding point you made about the the idea of, you know, up-and-coming trainers searching or, or looking at Adelaide or South Australia as a an option to, to, you know, ply their trade and and, and get themselves going. It, It makes sense. 
Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be forever. It can be used as a stepping stone and build your business for five years and then uh, get, get a profile and then you can go wherever you want to go with it. And uh, but, but you're right, we've had a headwind for sort of 25 or 30 years down here and, uh, and uh, it'd be nice if we could just get a bit of a flow on and a bit of support from the government. You can see what how important the government is to be on board with what great, what they've done with racing uh, in, in the other states. And I'd love that to happen here. Congratulations with another Group 1 win in the race. It means a lot to you, the Goodwood Handicap. And, and we certainly look forward to seeing you here in Brisbane over the next few weeks. Yeah, me too, David. Thanks for talking to us. Thank you, Nathan. Tony. There is Tony McAvoy. So Sava to Excel, Kingsford Smith, lock it in. Yeah, More sounds like that. Stradbroke, yeah. That's a good mix, doesn't it? And as you say, it was a good Goodwood. The, the two up the top were genuine bona fide Group 1 horses. And that's what I think we have to remember. We, we see the result at $19. Oh, $19 chance, you know. It's mm. got no wave up here. It beat those horses fairly and squarely, I feel. Yeah, and that's now two times in a row he's put, put his rivals to the sword in a, in a good race. They're the Group 1s, 10,000 and the Goodwood. Let's turn back to Doombin on 10,000 Day. We're going to have a listen to the Rough Habit. This is one of the traditional lead-ups to the Queensland Derby, which will be run in two weeks' time. Sagacious, tackled in earnest by Calm Seeker. Criminal Offence, three out, four out, Bucharest. Then Cucaracha, Yangtze Rapids. High supremacy near the rail, needing room to move. And Senor Toba, fair to say, he's got work to do, six off them. Down below the 300 metres. Criminal Offence shot to a clear lead. Criminal Offence took over from high supremacy. Getting a rails run, chasing hard, but they've got to chase down Criminal Offence. Senor Toba running on strongly. Then Cucaracha coming through the middle. Criminal Offence in front. He's got a break. He'll hold on. Criminal defence, it's a local win. Beat home Cucaracha. Photo third, Senor Toba in a photo with Bucharest and High Supremacy who didn't come on when needed. Then Quay Quay, Toscanini, Calm Seeker, followed by Yangtze Rapids and the last few bold executives, Sagacious and Bahamut, last home in 27.57. Now, one part of this training partnership, the son, not the father, likes to have a good time out. Our first question, my first question will be not about criminal defence. We'll get on to that. But first of all, we have to establish, is he home? Will, are you there? <laughs> yeah, Dave, just finished breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> At home, I hope. No, no, I treated myself this morning because I, I made it to work and uh, <laughs> just went down to 63 and had bacon and eggs. Good on you. Hey, uh, tell me first of all, uh, how, how's mum and dad? Oh, they're wrapped, yeah. Like, dad was crying yesterday, so he's a bit soft. <laughs> He is too. Hey, uh, this horse paid $100 on the toad and started $71. Now, I know you do your form. I know you have a lot of faith in your horses. Going into the race, well, I'll put it to you. Did you have something on it? Absolutely. Good man. Tell us why you gave it a chance. Um, just the way he's been racing, sort of, he, he, he just looks like he's going to stay all day. and he, He's just a, a real momentum horse. and. As soon as he loses his momentum, he's buggered. Like, he should have won last start at Eagle Farm. It wasn't through any fault of Taylor. Taylor rode fine, but there's a wall of horses in front of him, so he can't climb over the top of them. Mm. And um, Michael was meant to ride him that day, but he got crooked just before the race. So naturally, he watched it. And he rang me after the race, and um, I said, well, he's still going to go to the rough habit. Hopefully, we get in. Will you ride him? And Michael said, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to ride him. Um, how about we take the blinkers off? I said, sweet, come and gallop him on Tuesday. He goes him on Tuesday on the course proper, and he said, "Where?" Wow. He said, "This is a nice horse." I said, "Yes, he is." And yeah, that's his history. 
you said yesterday, Will, that you'd been telling anyone for, who would listen for a long time that this is a derby horse. I can vouch for that. You're, I was one of them. You, you said that too. It must be, therefore, hugely satisfying then to see that opinion that you had way back when justified in, in the key lead-up race to the derby. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he'd had no luck at any of his starts, really, over the shorter trips. But uh, once he got to 1,800 and then 2,000 yesterday, starting to see the, a really nice horse, what he can do when he can build that momentum up. Well, watching the race or calling the race, there were two things I noticed about him yesterday. And, and when you're calling a race, you, you, you are, you know, watching every horse to a certain degree. And yesterday, he travelled so well. And what I also liked was that turn of foot when they came around the turn and he slipped them at the top of the straight. They were never going to catch him. So you know, going to the 2,000 metres, uh, your judgment was vindicated. And I like the fact that he can stay... But he's also got a turn of speed as well, which we saw yesterday. Yeah, he uh, with the blinkers off, he just switched off beautifully. You know, Michael said he, he thought he had the race home at 800. You know, he was just bolting, just never going to get beat at any stage. So it was good to see. First glance you see by Nakoni out of a De Heer mare doesn't scream staying pedigree, but I note that his mum, who was unraced, she had some siblings who who got over a bit of ground. Yeah, the pedigree's not really there, but um, that's about the only sort of staying blood there on, on the mum's side. Mm. Um, but he, you know, he looks like a real old colonial stayer. You know, he's just bone and muscle, big long stride on him, carries no extra condition. So hopefully, he can run the trip of the day. Well, it's pretty straightforward now. All systems go to two weeks' time. Just give us the background. How did you? Where, where did you purchase this horse from? Uh, no, we didn't purchase him. Uh, Lee Adard. The ex-jockey, he was Aidan Thompson's manager. Um, he he bought him, I think, from an English sale, really pretty cheaply. And um, you know, he he said, "I'll give you the horse to train." And yeah, and luckily we uh, we actually bought ten percent into the horse about two weeks ago. Lovely. <laughs> I remember he won his. I remember someone tipped tipped him to me at his first start. I think did he win at the Sunshine Coast? I wasn't his first start. Um, his first up, maybe. Yeah, his first up, he won at the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. Well, mate, that's a great, uh, a great thrill. Uh, you've been how long have you been training with Dad now? I think this is our fifth or sixth season. First win in November two thousand and fifteen, David. Right on the ball there, Nathan. Lady Deerport, is that right, Will? Yeah. And as, and what was your biggest win uh, together, you and Dad, before yesterday? Oh, Hail Manhattan at the Tats Cup back in January. It, that was right. listed, so we've gone up one level. <laughs> Two more to go now. And you won a race <laughs> in Magic Millions too, didn't you? Yeah. Endless Puzzle? Yeah, that, um, that was before the partnership. Oh, oh Endless it? Shadow. She she won the Phillies of Bears. Magic well, Millions, yeah. Noodles. Where's the name Noodles come from for this horse? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have to ask Lee or Aiden. They, oh, so that's not Aiden, yours? No, Aiden actually broke the horse in and he rides him every day. So a lot of credit goes to, to our apprentice. Well, Noodles was copping a big cheer from the from the mounting yard yesterday. I, I know that. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. And uh, Corey Cullen, he's one of the owners too. He um, he said he doesn't even get that nervous when he's in court. He's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, have you had have you had something on pre post for the derby before yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you would. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. You've got a bit of socialising ahead of you today. You enjoy it. <laughs> Thank you. Good on you, mate. Will yeah. Halbert joining us this Thanks morning. Well. Uh, Will and Peter Halbert. Uh, 
very good family um, and uh, a great thrill for them. Michael Rod made a good point. He said, you win these mm. races. He said, but this is different. But, and, you know, to, for our listeners out there too, Michael and Will have known each other for a long time. There wouldn't be a lot of difference between their age, I wouldn't think. No, Michael said, that, you know, obviously 20 years ago when he was growing up here, Michael starting out that uh, Will was around then. And, yeah, it's good to see Michael get a, a, a good winner as well. Let's, let's uh, dissect it... Um, I was going to say cynically. Let's dissect it <laughs> clinically now. Uh, time was slow, 2757, a sprint home. Uh, a horse like Senor Toba, uh, you wouldn't, he, would allude, he wouldn't lose any admirers. And I think Eagle Farm 2400 will be a far better option for That's him. The and point. You, you suggested that pre-race yesterday that the Dubin mightn't suit him. Yeah, and James McDonald confirmed that post-race. He, he, he was happy with the run. He said it just the tight turning track he wasn't comfortable on. He'll be better across the road in, in two weeks' time. Uh, the other favourite, uh, High Supremacy, goes for a spell and likely be kept to races up to 1,600 metres. Last preparation. Richard Friedman's got a big opinion of that horse. He just said he's he doesn't put it, not putting it together at the moment, not putting races away. And even yesterday, he did make that dash and for a few strides, you thought he was going to be the one high supremacy, but the run petered out. Uh, Luke Dittman said Kukaracha's looking for the 2,400 metres now. Um, yeah, that, that's something I would have, would yeah, have opposed, um, but I now have to probably reconsider that after yesterday because I did find the line well. So the derby uh, comes up on the 29th of May. Let's have a look at this market before we push on. And the favourite is Explosive Jack. Now, is he coming or isn't he coming? Yeah, well, that's right. He was sort of on the... I think you'll find out this week he wanted to give it another week after the derby and um, he'll make that call. I reckon I'd like to bet that he will be coming. Mm-hmm. $4 Explosive Jack to make it for derby. Send your table $6. Let's crack a deal. We know it's locked in. That's the stable mate of Explosive Jack. $7. Through Irish Eyes, it raced It raced in Melbourne yesterday. $11. Deep Strike at 15 and wider after that. Criminal Defence still $34 after winning that race yesterday, David. Mm. He's a shocker too that Mick Price told us about last week. $21 arriving from New Zealand. So a few form lines to converge in that derby. Mm, Exactly. Let's push on. Let's go to the young horses now. The two-year-olds and the Champagne Classic is now known as the Spirit of Boom Classic. It was over 1,200 metres. Putter's got it right here. Prince of Boom ran the favourite. Went off at $4.40. They turn for home in the Spirit of Boom Classic. King Cabba tackled by See You in Spring. Prince of Boom drives to the inside. Makes a real race of it. Miss Hempstar needs to get a move on. Then Berdini's girl on Tiger Valet. But Prince of Boom with 100 metres left to go. He's stretching clear. Ben Thompson staring down the barrel of three wins. And he'll do it. Prince of Boom makes a statement. Invincible T is stormed over second. Berdini's girl third in an all-Queensland finish. Then King Cabba, Giannis passing a few late. Followed by See you in spring, Tiger of Malay. Then front man, Miss Hipstar knocked up. And the Stiff Meister last home in 111.54. Big day out of the office for Ben Thompson with a riding treble. We hopefully will catch up with Ben a little later. But Prince of Boom, trained by Rob Heathcote, enjoyed a good run, capitalised on it and beat them comprehensively. Now, this fascinates me, David, that six days earlier you won a Sunshine Coast Maiden. Terrific to the eye that the, the sectionals, the time out of it was, was good enough. But still... I thought six days later into a group two and against some really good horses, but the market had no hesitation and, and he was totally dominant. I think the prices go up. 
I never know when they actually go up, but they go up very early, and, and I'm never there to, 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 to greet them. But I think they bet $13. Yeah, the tab did bet, bet that. and But you know, then he was into seven, and I thought, oh, well, that's sort of short enough. But they kept coming yesterday. And the official flux yesterday were 5.50 to 4.40. Uh, as I said, an all-Queensland finish. We can throw King Capper, and he ran fourth. What do we make of the, the interstaters who, who often dominate this race? T- Tiger of Malay ran fifth, see you in spring sixth, Giannis seventh and front man ninth. So they finished in the second half of the field. Yes. Um, I wouldn't give up on Giannis yet. He, he, he does too many things wrong, but 1,400 at Eagle Farm I think is going to suit him a whole lot better than 1,200 around Doom, but I did fear that he'd get too far back. But I'm just looking at this market for the size produce, David. Port Louis and Ranch Hand equal $6 favourites. Prince of Boom, $7. If they run that race tomorrow, Prince of Boom would start pronounced favourite over those two, mm. in my opinion. This uh, rap on Ranch Hand just seems to linger on, doesn't it? I'm, I'm not, you know, I know he, he got beaten a whisker in the in the Ken Russell, but... That's got to be better form yesterday than the week before. Well, you would think so. You would think so. And the, the, the manner in which he found the line, his work, his best work was late, so 1400 for the size for Prince of Boom seems spot on. Let's go to the first race. Um, we're going a bit out of sequence here, but there's a reason I want to play this race now. GTT is the winner for Steve O'Day and Matt Hoisted, and Ben Thompson kicked off the day with a win. A compact field, short of 400 left to run. Centre fire, how wonderful life is. About to be challenged by Bow Ideal on the outside. Then Moonshine landing La Palmier and big GTT. He starts to put in the big strides. How wonderful life is in front. Bow Ideal struggling to get to it. And GTT might have them both. GTT on the outside, swept up, took the lead. And he's going to roar away. GTT, the big boy, beat Zach Attack, who flew for second. Bow Ideal every chance in third. Then how wonderful life is. Is La Palmiere, Moonshine Lady, Tabitha Miss, Perfect Dame, and Centre Fire last home in 1.5.48. It's always good to ride winners on big race days, and Ben Thompson did it on three occasions. Uh, kicked off with the GTT, into Glitter Strip in the third, and then into Prince of Boom, which we just heard. So it was a riding treble, and Ben, uh, who uh, took the honours yesterday, is joining us this morning here on Pass the Post. Ben, good morning. Congratulations. Good morning, David. Thank you very much. Let's go to the the big one first, the Group 2 Spirit of Boom Classic, Prince of Boom. Uh, Tell us about this horse. Tell us the the feel of this horse. He um, he feels pretty special. He obviously, you know, it was a decent step up after only breaking his maiden six days earlier last Sunday. Uh, But just the way he'd done it, like obviously he beat a a field made up of a few debutants, but um, he couldn't have been any more impressive. Uh, Just sort of having... Having had a feel of him in track work, I'd, I'd ridden him in a handful of gallops at home and at, um, and in his latest trial before that first up run. And I do a lot of work for Stephen O'Day and Matt Hoisted, so I, I thought that the horse that eventually ran second, that feels better. He's a half that better gets set. He's already well performed. And um, they had a nice opinion of him, and I'd had a feel of him as well. I thought, like, here he goes, nice. And, um, you know, like I thought it would be a good test for, for my guy, but he, he blew away the field. and. I guess the only concern going to the races yesterday was that he was going to back up. I, I rode him, I canned him a couple of times during the week and he's such a laid-back, cool customer. He hadn't shown any signs of, of distress or that he wouldn't back up. But as you know, like, there's no, you don't know until you really ask for an effort and thankfully that effort was there and um, he didn't just beat him, he, he, he blamed them. He certainly did. Ben, 
tell me about this. You won on him at the Sunshine Coast. He was $3.50 there, so it wasn't like he was considered an over-the-line prospect. But having won that race, did it come up on the suggestion straight away that, hey, we might back this horse up on Saturday? Yeah, I, I, I spoke to Robert Heathcote that night, Nathan, and he, he said that that was sort of a, an option. There was a race at the back end of May, um, back of the Sunshine Coast. It was a Class 1 two-year-old with uh, Cutis attached to it, um, the bonuses, which were on that maiden as well. And he said he could go there, but uh, he said if he's going to, he said to, to get into the size, um, he'd need prize money on his side, and he thought to go there uh, to the class one, it, he might sort of be on the fringe of making making the field in the 400-metre size. So he thought that, obviously, he'd be guided by the horse, but if to come through well, um, you know, it could be worth a stab in the dark at, at the Champagne, and uh, obviously Rob, you know, like Tom and Tom again, he's produced um, not only good horses but great horses, and um, he marked, you know, this horse to potentially be one, and uh, he pulled the right rein, and uh, he knew what he was doing. We'll talk more about Prince of Boom with Rob Heathcote. He's going to join us shortly. Let's go back to your other winners, Glitter Strip, uh, given a nice run uh, and sprinted quickly to, to, to claim the prize. One thing about this uh, this filly, Glitter Strip. You've had a good association with her. In fact, I think you've ridden her in every start bar her first one, which she won. It must be heartening to be able to stay on a horse that has above average ability because you get to know the horse. Oh, absolutely. She, um, I said to the, there's a, a big group of owners um, with the Black Soil Group, and I said, I said, it was nice to, yeah, find that. I said, you've been patient. It was nice to finally get the job done on her. But <laughs> she's, um, she's a classy filly. She was going super last time, and she, she won her maiden at, at Ipswich with Bailey Notif on board, and then I, I got on her, got on her while Bailey um, was still out injured, um, and she went great, you know, over 1,200 first up, or I think it was her first up at Doom, and then I ran second on her to, to Star Rosa, and one more stride, she's a winner. Um, this prep, she had a, a, a setback after that run because it looked as though like a, a third up run, she was going to be the horse to beat over a little bit further, but thankfully she's come back well. Um, she ran second at the Sunshine Coast first up, and the format of that's been great. Like it was, only, it was a Sunday, a class one on a Sunday that Joy to All was trained by David Van Dyke. Looks to be, it was, looks as though it could be really smart. And Renouf, who ran third that day, um, bolted in its next start at the Sunny Coast, so gave us confidence. Last start, albeit you know she ran third to George's Pride and Mass Destruction ran second. Just conditions, I thought she she was brave to stick on, but I. Thought, it's hard to get a true guide, um, obviously with the torrential rain and a lot of horses not handle it. But sort of, I hadn't sat on there since that start, but they told me that the, the connections, Tony and um, Craig Kavanagh, that she came through great. And with a soft draw yesterday back at Durban, which she shown that she loves, she was always going to be a good chance. I thought it was such an even group of horses and the best running transit uh, and probably getting to the right part of the track was going to be where you, how you'd find your winner. But... Uh, thankfully, it was her turn, and she was a really yeah, well-deserved winner. GTT, we all saw what happened there first up, um, but he looked a real, uh, more dynamic horse yesterday, ridden off a hot pace. Oh, he was. He, it was the first time I said in my, my post race with, with Bernie Cooper that like, it was the first time I've been able to really ride the horse how I sort of would have liked. I think it was my, my fifth ride on him, and um, albeit out of win, uh, win a couple of seconds and a third. Uh, he's always sort of been forced to take up a spot close to the pace, which he's been able to do sort of under his own steam, but just from wide barriers, he was forced to do that. And in his track work and um, 
trials and whatnot, he's shown a great turn of foot, sort of sitting off and, and all being a big horse. So you could say riding him to sit and sprint. Um, and it was nice to sort of be able to do that yesterday and just could really sort of see what the horse has got. He, he beat a good group of horses. Um, I know I wasn't expecting the market, the horse that ran second, Zach Attack, but it's, if anybody had seen it, it's run at Graft in the start before was was brilliant. So I think not only to you know run past horses that have already won at Saturday level, but to, to hold off a, what looks to be a really progressive horse in Zach Attack, he, he was super. He's pretty versatile. Like he, he showed a good turn of foot over 1,100 against a group of horses that have that are solid over a thousand metres and if it's a winner at thirteen hundred, so only makes him probably a bit easy for the horse for the team to place him now and um he's going in the right direction. Now I'm gonna stop you there. I've got to pull you up right now because you you've you've auditioned too well to be a future form student on the radio or the television. I've never heard a, a jockey speak with such authority and such detail and such facts as you've done over the the three wins we've spoken about. You, you do your form well. Yeah, I actually I enjoy it. I was probably I can see I, you I was guilty and trainers that I rode for as an early days said I don't do much, but I, I you know I guess it's probably like I, I've, I've got my you know my hobbies away from away from the races, um, but I'd like to think I've got a pretty good memory and you sort of just you know if you love racing you just keep, sort of keep track of of what you see and. Um, now all the little things count it might not so you know like might not add to much you, you know riding a horse for all the one and two percenters count and sort of when you get opportunities for on horses and um for all sorts of trainers at least you can do your homework so um it paid off doing it yesterday one last one ben we've seen prince of boom win at a thousand win at 1200 how do you feel about 1400 and possibly 1600 yeah um he's the only thing i think you sort of you really have to have to tighten up on is just his sort of just his manners mid race. He was he he was better yesterday than he was last Sunday. But I guess you know, it's only start one and two. Mm. He did sort of get on the job though mid race. But he is a horse. Even at track work, he's a beautiful horse. You know to ride canter. It's like he knows what his job is. He's just going out there to to tick over and go steady. But gallop, he's by no means silly. But he, he can get really strong and and loves you know to to pass. Our companion that he's working with, and yesterday you just seen it's probably a good way to see him, like with the inside shot of the um, on the camera just inside the rail. Um, he sort of he does get did get quite strong again mid race within himself, but still on the job. I think um, hopefully you know his third start, obviously like going to the fourteen hundred, he can just switch off a touch better for me. Let's put it this way: <laughs> if we can draw barrier one again, it'd be lovely and just sort of land in a spot. But um, constantly learning, I'm sure you know Rob's. Happy to tackle the forward and under with him. He'll be right to go. And as long as he does things, you know, within himself, he'll show that turn of foot that he has his first two starts. And um, hopefully, hopefully already, uh, you know, on board for a nice ride with him. Queensland, uh, coming to Queensland has been a good move for you. Of course, your partner is Steph Thornton. You've ridden after yesterday, 40 Metropolitan winners. It's going well. Last thing I'll say to you, I don't miss much. I noticed yesterday uh you you paid compliment to a few people you, you naturally to to your partner steph but also to your mum and dad yeah it's obviously you know behind behind anybody um no matter what you do like if you're having success or successful you, you need a good team behind you and there's so much that goes on behind the scenes away from you know riding three winners yesterday and between stephanie and obviously you know i know my partner but my best friend we do everything together and um we've got a you know we've got both very lucky to have great families as well. My 
parents, um, Stephanie's parents and and the rest of the family. It's they're all big supporters of both of us and keep us both very grounded. So a lot goes on behind the scenes and my manager Glenn Courtney, so it's not only great for me but I feel great for all involved to you know, when when a good day comes off. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you very much, David. Thanks, Nathan. Ben Thompson joining us now. Rob Heathcote is on the line now. As Rob joins us, Rob, I just want to say something before we talk about horses, and I'm sure you'll concur with me here. Uh, wouldn't it be great if every jockey was like Ben Thompson? What a well-mannered, professional young man he is. David, I said that a day after I first met him. <coughs> he's, uh, he's a Group 1 communicator. He's a pleasure to work with. Um, good ride, bad ride, indifferent, doesn't matter. He just gives you 100% professionalism in everything he does. And the same with his partner, Stephanie. You know, they're, they're, they're cut from good stock. Good people. Great assets for Queensland Racing. Prince of Boom is a great asset for Queensland Racing. And as Nathan and I were just talking, this has all happened all of a sudden. A Sunshine Coast went on a Sunday and a, a Group 2 yesterday. You must be over the moon with this scenario. Yeah, kind of crazy stuff, guys. You know, you just... <clears throat> this, this this type of stuff doesn't normally happen. And, but we knew he, we knew he was handy. <laughs> Look, that's a silly statement. We knew he was good, mm. but how good I didn't know. And as we got into the start of the carnival, I kind of ran out of options. Ben rode him in the jump out for me and came in and had that sparkle in his eye and said, mate, you've got a good one. And I said, yeah, but to get him to the champagne size and Atkins, I may have to run in this thousand and Canandra and back him up. And then, of course, the rains came and heavy, heavy 10 and it got back to a heavy 8. He drew barrier 15 and the squeeze was on. And I said, well, it's a throw at the stumps. Let's have a look. If he if he goes well, we back him up. And, you know, the rest is history. That's what he's done. And he's come through in fantastic order this morning. As, as, ben, as ben said, you know, Ben's ridden him a couple of times in slow work this week because I didn't do anything any gallop work with him from his run on Sunday to yesterday's race. And Ben came in a couple of days just to get the feel of him, even though Justin, my regular track work rider, does most of the work on him. I just wanted Ben to have a feel of him in slow work and just confirm to me that the horse was happy and healthy and, you know, in a good mindset or good mind frame and to go to that race yesterday. Otherwise, uh, I wouldn't have run him. But he ticked all the boxes through the week. <clears throat> He's still got a little bit to learn on a lot to learn. He's only had the two starts, but he was dominant yesterday. Fantastic win. You tried to play it down a little bit through the week, an article with Ben Dorries with reference to the the big betting move there had been on the horse. Were you surprised to see him start pronounced favourite in that race yesterday? Um, I, I think um, maybe surprised he started favourite, but I don't think it was as big a betting move as one would traditionally see, Nathan. I think it was more... A lot of a lot of support from Queenslanders. Um, you know, big group of owners, fantastic group. They're, they're, they're a great mob to work with, Paul and Michael from Adrenaline Thoroughbreds. And I believe, in fact, a, a scribe who would know actually said to me yesterday, it wasn't like one or two massive bets on the horse. It was a lot of smaller bets, you know, your two, three, five hundred dollar bets. Mm-hmm. And it was a steady build-up all through the week. I know a few of my mates at the golf club were on him too, so, <laughs> you know, they've got a few spare, Bob. And w- worth pointing out to our listeners as well, Rob, uh, uh, you can get into this business pretty cheaply as an owner because uh, Prince of Boom is certainly a, now a bargain buy. Oh, 100%, David. And, and as you know, I work with, with a number of, of syndicators and, you know, these, these companies that, that go out and purchase the horses and 
you know, incentivise owners to come in and make it affordable for everybody. And as is the case yesterday, Greenland Thoroughbreds, I work with First Light Racing, I work with Flying Start, I work with Rob Slade Syndications, and they're brilliant for racing because they do, as you say, make it affordable for everybody. And as we saw with, you know, the ride with buffering and the ride that you yet to finish with, with Rothfire, it, it, it's affordable and it's an enormous amount of fun and, and can be quite lucrative as well. You said the ride that's yet to finish with Rothfire. Are you growing in confidence that you can get him back? I am, Nathan. I've had him back in the stable now, I don't know, a month or so, <clears throat> on top of the work he'd done out of Washpool. And we've got him up doing normal pace work. He's, uh, even my vet, who's a very conservative vet, Phil Begays. Phil, Phil had a good look at his joints the other day and even he raised his eyebrows and said, well, I saw him work. I've seen him travelling at, you know, 21, 22 to the furlong. His joints are cold, there's no inflammation, there's no heat, uh, no fluid, excess fluid around the joint. So we're at that <clears throat> delicate stage now where I'm going to start to increase the intensity of his workload and all being well, you know, give him a gallop and, and then ease back off him, do the tests, the x-rays and scans and so on and then bring him back for his, his final push to the spring. Well, just as we go, I know you often say to me, I'm giving it away, David. I'm retiring. I've done all I have to do. It's, 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 it's all over. I've enjoyed it. But, you know, I call a spade a spade. It's time to go. I think, again, we'll just put that to one side for the next few months. Are you happy with that? I'm happy with that, Dave. Look, there's uh, a little bit left in the tank. Um, yeah, I love my golf. You know that. But, but I'm certainly uh, giving it another throw off the dice of, I've invested uh, quite heavily in a lot of juveniles this year and uh, we'll see what happens. I know you and I could sit down over a, a glass of champagne and talk for hours on all the woes and faults and problems within the industry. And they're there. We know that. Hopefully um, hopefully it's, they, they get sorted out and soon. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time this morning. Pleasure, gents. Rob Heathcote joining us. And, and I'm looking at this market that you've just, or you alluded to it before, Port Louis at $6, Ranch End $6, Prince of Boom 7, Overpass who won at Hawkesbury at 9, and then, you know, Yarnus 13 out from that. So there's not going to be much new blood in two weeks' time. So you're on favourite for certain. Yeah? I'll mark that down. No, I, 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 I tend to agree with you. Maybe we should take the $7 now. If you think he's going to win, keep going. Look, it's 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 a big ask to keep going. Look, what he's sure. done in, in six days. So then now we've got to come again in two weeks and, and do it all again at a different track. But, but I think it's fair to say there's no champions or world beaters around him. So, you know, I, I think what he beat yesterday and the manner in which he beat them. And who's to say he's not going to take another step? Well, that's normally a race where a good horse steps up. And mm. he's probably the good horse out of it. A couple more races to listen to. Let's go to the uh, JRA Chairman's Trophy. Hangman was the favourite here, but a bit of a soft favourite. $4 was the price. 350 to run against stuck in. Got a butte rails run. Slipped right through on the inside. Took the lead. From on the outside, the Candyman raising an effort. And he's raising a big effort too. Hangman just struggling. Then walking, flying, and so you win. So you win right down the outside. Coming after the Candyman. So you win. Reach the lead. Warning, flashing late. Here's the post. Whoa! Warning, flew late. It's in a photo with So You Win and the Candyman. Platinum invaded on Far Away, followed by Seat of Power. Then came Attention Run, ahead of Walking Flying. Hangman pulling up quickly. I got a bit excited. I was the only winner I backed all day. <laughs> and I and I only I spotted it about 50 metres out. Well, but it wasn't was, there until... Yeah, yeah. And, and, and 
a very good price, eight dollars. Uh, he was uh, neglected in the market in the lead up in the lead up the last twenty minutes of the race, but the Victoria Derby winner, and mm. fair to say, since then he's been winless. But he's contested a lot of good races. Yeah, and was it the Turnbull last year where he was not far away, and you thought, oh well, he's on on target for the for the cups. Yeah, he got beaten at a length when six in the Turnbull last year behind Very Elegant, and then it sort of he didn't go on from there. But um, what race will he go to? Warning. Well, the let me think. Well, there's a Q22 option, mm. which for, for 1.2 million on the same day. There's a 3200 meter Brisbane Cup. Um, whether they want, like wouldn't surprise me if they go the 2200. I, I would think that would be the the logical target. But he ran in the Melbourne Cup last year, mm. 3200. But uh, I think as well too, and you know maybe this is an old wives' tale, but. Horses who have a run of outs and then win, maybe it gives them some confidence. Oh, I've, got no, I've got no doubt about that at all. So whether we see him again in two weeks, would that be probably a Premier's Cup in, in two weeks' mm. time where we get a bit of weight? Um, but I think that Q22 is probably not a bad option for him. Yeah, so your win was uh, was solid. Uh, the Candy Man, good to see him him back in good form. Well, we alluded to that betting move for him yesterday, so there was anticipation of his improvement yesterday. And Hangman seemed a little plain. Yes, he just he couldn't sprint under the fifty nine and a half, but um, others were better. Last race we're going to have a listen to is the listed bright shadow for the Phillies and Mares. Intrepidatious now in full flight below the 300 metres and bounded away. Had the measure of Blazing Miss. Then came Outback Barbie. A theory's only battling. Intrepidatious in front. Outback Barbie and Miss Dina trying harder. Blazing Miss is whacking away. Intrepidatious the leader. Outback Barbie is going to charge late. Here comes the post. They hit it. Barbie, I'd say, got up. I reckon Outback Barbie beat Intrepidatious in the last stride from Blazing Miss. Not sure about fourth. Love you, Lucy, is there with Mousy. Then Misty socialising. Tony Gollum would have got a lot of heart out of Outback Barbie winning. She's always been at the coalface at, 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 at top level, but uh, wins have been, you know, fair to say, few and far between. Mm. So she deserved a, a carnival, carnival win, and she got it yesterday. Yeah, and he just placed that a little bit more conservatively. Could have gone to a 10,000, and she'd run a usual nice fourth or fifth. But back to that grade, uh, suited her. And must mention Spirit of Boomer, a stakes double on the day, including mm. the group. The group two, he's doing a terrific job here in Queensland, that stallion, and um, he's uh, we've got another good one in Prince of Boom, and Outback Barbie's been a flag bearer from the get-go. Yeah. So it was uh, a training honours to Tony Gollum with a, a training double. And Six of the nine to the locals. Yeah, a good point terrific result at a very important uh, carnival date. And, of course, Ben Thompson riding on us with a treble. Uh, David, I couldn't help but notice you didn't replay the, the members' handicap. We've run out of time. <laughs> Time's on the wing. <laughs> Reloaded. Reloaded. Class one defeat, unplaced at class one to, to listed uh, level yeah. in the same preparation. But you will know that I was very generous in my praise to, to Reloaded <laughs> yesterday because they were walking up front and no. J-Mac had to, had to decide on one thing. He got going probably earlier than he wanted to. Mm. And when he got going, he was wide and they began to up the ante. So he sustained a long run and uh, he was uh, he was solid to the line. And, and he'll probably be the sort of horse that... Can run on these mile uh, features yeah, over right. the next few weeks. That's right. Races right. like the Wayne Wilson and the Spear Chief. Axe won the last and um, was the favourite and dictated in front and was too good for them. And that sets up uh, the scene because Skins went straight past Axe last time. Sets the scene for Skins versus Garibaldi in that BRC sprint next Saturday. Plus, 
a host of others that will be looking to secure a spot in the Stradbroke. Yeah, as we were saying yesterday amongst people after the last, a lot of talking points that are still there on the table. Ayrton, that's been discussed at length. Will Explosive Jack come to try and win the fourth derby? Uh, Prince of Boom has put Queensland right in there as far as the, the big two-year-old races are concerned. So it's all happening over the next few weeks. And uh, we'll talk to you during the week. And, of course, next Saturday morning... Uh, in our previews during the afternoon and then Sunday morning. Look forward to it. Good to hear. I'm glad you didn't say you weren't. <laughs> and and I hope it's just more successful next Saturday. Yeah, morning. exactly, exactly. Folks, thanks for your company, um, as always, here on Sunday morning. And of course, don't forget tomorrow morning, press room. We'll have all our regular panellists, plenty of news, and uh, I look forward to your company then. Bye bye.